Hello everyone! Welcome to Doula Dang Thing. Today we're going to talk about what I wish I would have known, breastfeeding edition. Doula Dang Thing is not for medical advice. If you have a medical issue you're dealing with, please contact your care provider. Hi everyone! It's your birth coach Ashley. I'm here all alone again. I am going to be talking about what I wish I would have known when I was breastfeeding my kids back then before I became a breastfeeding counselor. And hopefully Natasha will be joining us next week. She'll be back, I hope. But I'm sharing all of my histories, my birth stories, my drama <laughs> surrounding all my births. So that way I can share what I know now and what I wish I would have done differently back then. If you missed uh, the other three episodes in this series, you can head back and watch and watch. This is not TV. You can head back and listen to them. Uh, and I did do a an episode about breastfeeding complications before. So if you want more details about how to help if you're having a complicated birth and then complications with breastfeeding, you can go back and listen to that episode. This one's going to be more about expectations I wish I didn't have and um, rules that I wish I followed or didn't follow and what I know now as a breastfeeding counselor that could have really helped me do it better the first time around. Rewind to my first birth. So that birth happened at 26 weeks, which is already difficult to breastfeed if you have an, an early birth because your baby is not strong enough to feed or even able to feed at that, that gestation. So I had to wait. I had a pump and my pumping schedule was every three hours during the day and every four hours at night. Now, maybe if I was actually putting baby to breast because the baby stimulates your breast differently than a pump does, maybe if I was doing that, that would have been okay and that would have been enough. However, I wish I would have done it every two hours during the day and every three hours at night because I needed more stimulation. I needed more milk to be removed and it wasn't being removed. So it made it harder for me to build up my supply. Your supply gets built by removing milk from your breast. So if you are not removing it completely, you can't really remove it completely because it's continuously making more milk. But if you don't remove the majority of it, I should say, then you're not going to make any more because your body says, oh, we don't need to make any more milk because there's already milk still in there. So we're making too much. Let's pull back the reins and make less milk. So if you want to increase your milk supply, taking milk out is what's going to do it. That's the thing I wish I would have known big time. I think that was the biggest issue I had. When my daughter was in the NICU and I was on my pumping schedule, I was militant about pumping right on the dot. Like seriously militant. I remember we were checking into this hotel because she had to be transferred to a hospital further away for a surgery. And our room wasn't ready. And I was like, okay, well, I need to go pump. Where can I go? And they had me in this little closet somewhere. I don't even know what this closet was, but I was just sitting in this closet pumping, waiting for my room to be done. Like, I didn't care what was going on. I would go wherever I needed to go to pump. What I wish I would have known 
is I needed to have my flanges, the little part that, it, that sucks onto your actual nipple, that little part that's like a, a circle and, you know, it fits in your nipple in there. I needed to have that sized properly. And I don't think that the size I had for my pump flange was the proper fit for my breasts. Most pumps come with different size flanges. The person who can properly fit you is an IBCLC. Having one come in the hospital, they can do it then. Um, they, can, they can make sure that it fits your breasts and that you'll get the, the best suction without any damage. So like if it's too tight or sometimes if it's even too big, it can damage your nipples. It can reduce the flow of the milk and different issues like that. So having it sized is really important. If you're planning on doing a lot of pumping, definitely get your flanges sized. Also, being militant is not necessary. I know I was going through some different things and um, really trying to deal with some heavy, heavy emotions. And that's how I was kind of managing them and dealing with them. Like it made me feel like I was doing something good and that I was being productive when I felt like I was completely helpless. So that's where my militant nature came from. But you don't have to be that way for pumping schedules. You can be a little flexible. It's going to be okay. Babies typically don't eat at the exact same time every day anyway, um, especially if you don't have them on schedule and you're feeding on demand, which is what's recommended, which means that you don't have like a set time of when you feed your baby. You feed them when they are showing signs of hunger. That's feeding on demand. That's what's recommended. So being flexible in your pumping schedule is perfectly fine as long as you're getting the same number of pumps in during the day while you're away from your baby or if you're solely pumping just getting making sure that you are pumping the same amount of times a day that your baby likes to eat in a day pumping is I didn't think it was very fun I don't think most people do it's not great um Make sure you have something to keep you occupied. Make sure you're thinking about your baby. That's a big issue sometimes. It doesn't feel like that, like, oh, my baby, I'm going to feed my, like that emotional bonding part, you know? It feels like a weird machine that's attached to your boobs that's sucking milk out, and it makes, like, this little weird noise, and it can be kind of awkward, and so when you think about your baby or you have a picture of them or, you know, you look at videos of your baby, just to remind you of the connection, that brain-body connection can really help increase your supply, uh, increase your output, I should say, that what you're getting into the, into the milk containers as you pump. And it can just make you feel the same kind of loving hormones that you get from putting baby to breast instead of it just being like a thing you have to do right now, you know, like you can get that full experience because those hormones are really beneficial for you too. They're good for baby, but they're also really good for you. They help you feel more rested, less stressed. They um, help you get better sleep. All of those things are really important for your healing and for your ability to handle all of the intense emotions that come your way as being a parent. Once I brought my baby home from the NICU and started to try to put her to the breast, I tried a little bit in the hospital, but you know, 
um, at home, we were like really, really trying. I put her to the breast and she wanted to eat like all the time. Like she just like wanted to constantly be on there, like eating, eating, eating. I'd take her off and then 30 minutes to an hour later, she'd want to eat again. And my mom was helping me out and she had a cinch of a time breastfeeding. She just plopped a baby on there. The latch was perfect. Everything was perfect. It was super easy. And she fed us until we were like, I don't know, we were over one, maybe like two. So she was there with me and she kept saying, your baby's not getting enough food. Your baby's not getting enough food. Well, what I know now, and you know, she was just trying to help. So that's okay, mom. I said, I love you. What I know now is that it's perfectly normal for some people to have the babies wanting to do that. And what that is, is again, it's building up your supply. It's a good thing. So if you just keep putting them on there, keep putting them on there, making sure the latch is good, making sure that their peas and poops are good. They should be having at least six to eight soiled diapers after day six, every single 24 hour period. If they have that many diapers, that means they're getting enough food. And so had I known that, I would have known that my daughter was getting enough and I just had to keep going. And if I would have kept going, my supply would have built up and things would have gotten easier. Her suck would have gotten stronger from the practice because especially with preemie babies, they it takes them a little while to build up those muscles and it's a lot of work. And it takes practice and practice for both of you to get it right. The more you practice, the longer you breastfeed, the easier it usually gets. Obviously, problems can come up along the way, and you can deal with those as they come. But generally speaking, the longer you do it, the easier and faster you both get. You both get more efficient at feeding. So I wish I would have kept going. I didn't. I started feeding her formula, which is fine, and she's great, and everything was okay. It was just an experience that I wanted to have. I wanted to be able to do that. I think having the expectation that it was going to be easy just because of family history and all of that really set me up for failure. Honestly, having expectations that anything with having a baby is going to be easy usually sets you up for failure because it's hard. It's all hard. And if you are expecting it to be easy and then it's hard, then you feel down on yourself. You feel like you're not doing it right. You feel like all these problems are all your fault. And that's not the case. It's just everybody's different. Every baby's different. You can have completely different experiences with every single one of your children if you have multiple children. And it's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's just how it works. And I wish I would have realized that back then. And I think it would have saved me a lot of um, bad feelings about myself and about my abilities as a mom. For my second birth, I really, really, really wanted to breastfeed really, really bad. I didn't really get to have that experience with my daughter. I did it for maybe a month or so, um, and but it was so hard. and It was just like so much drama surrounding it, and I felt like a failure. And so it just didn't feel like what I had imagined it to feel like. Again, my expectations were coming in, and I imagined it to feel magical, and it didn't. So the when I had my son... I was like, okay, you know, I was in the hospital for those months. And when he was born and didn't have to go in the NICU, I thought, all right, this is my chance. I can actually have the experience I wanted. So I started breastfeeding and it was so painful. It hurt really bad. 
And everybody I was talking to was like, yeah, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. You'll get used to it. You'll be fine. Well, now what I know is that if it's hurting like that, like if it's a pinching, hurting feeling, that means your latch is not right. That means there's something either wrong with your positioning of the baby's mouth or of your breasts, or maybe baby's mouth has some sort of um, attachment somewhere that's preventing them from moving their mouth the appropriate way. If you are breastfeeding and it's a pinching feeling, that means there's something wrong. That's not what breastfeeding is supposed to feel like. So I was breastfeeding for a long time before it stopped hurting. Like maybe even almost the whole time. My latch was never right. And I never checked to see if my son had a lip tie or tongue tie, so I don't know. Uh, I did have a couple of lactation consultants come talk to me in the hospital, but they are so busy, you guys. Like they have so many patients most of the time that they don't have the time to really sit and get to the root of a problem. It's just like, okay, uh, here, do this real quick. Okay, did that help? No? Okay, well, sorry, bye. And they have to leave. So if you are having trouble, I urge you to find one outside of the hospital that you can talk to. Uh, If you can't afford one, you can uh, go to WIC. They have peer counselors. They have uh, lactation consultants that work there also. There are a lot of options and places you can go to get help for your breastfeeding latch. Also, La Leche League, you know, different support groups will help you. So there's tons of resources for you to use if you're having trouble. Again, it should not hurt. Your nipples might be a little raw or sore, just from all of like the, the moisture on them, they're not used to being wet all the time like that, but they shouldn't be pinched. Pinched is a no-no. So I had all these, I was just in pain all the time, but I just really wanted to do it, you guys. Like I didn't care for her because I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. I wanted to do that for my baby. I wanted this experience. And even though it hurt, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed being close to him that way and looking down at his face that way and it just made me feel really connected to him and and it made me feel good so I kept doing it well this baby got teeth at like four months and when I say teeth I mean like eight teeth he had like one day he had no teeth the next day I woke up in the morning looked in his mouth and he had like 500 teeth and then he started biting So he would, it was pinching, he was biting. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? But like I said, I was enjoying it, so I did continue. And it was quick and easy. You know, I got efficient at, you know, plopping them on there and pulling them off. Um, So it it just felt right for me at that time. But looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was in so much pain. I had like no feeling left in my nipples because they were so just abused straight up abused but that's not what it should feel like and if it is feeling like that please reach out for help because it could feel better and I was able to breastfeed him for a year so I did that for the whole year I felt really proud of myself and it felt like a good accomplishment because that's what I wanted what I wish I would have known is that if I didn't want that and it wasn't feeling good, that it was okay if I didn't do it. 
We feel a lot of pressure to breastfeed. And if you're doing it and it feels miserable, it's okay to to choose another feeding method. And if you're bottle feeding and it feels miserable, you can use an SNS, a supplemental nursing system. We talked about it in Complications with Breastfeeding and that episode. And what it is, it's a tube that you tape onto your breast and it helps to stimulate the breast at the same time as baby's getting food. The, the other side of the tube goes in the bottle and the milk comes through the food and you can fill it with formula or donor milk or even your own pump breast milk, whatever you're feeding your baby. You can put it up through the tube taped on your breast and baby will eat th- through that way. And it stimulates your breast, which can increase your milk supply. And it, you can also get those bonding, nice feelings that you, you can have with breastfeeding. So if you can't breastfeed, but you really, really wanted to, that's an option for you to try. My biggest takeaway from pumping and breastfeeding and that whole experience, and then also becoming a breastfeeding counselor and helping other people with their breastfeeding experiences, is that it's always different. And that's with everything, with birth and parenting. Each child, I have to parent differently. Um, My births obviously went differently. And breastfeeding, sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's really not. But it's typically not your fault if something goes wrong. It's usually something else that's going on. If you're doing everything you can, you're getting rest, you're getting enough fluids and nutrients, and you know, you're, you're removing milk from the breast, and you're still having problems, it's usually not your fault. And we feel so much pressure so many times when having a baby that makes us feel like we're a failure if we can't do this or that. And, and you see that so-and-so is doing this and that person's doing it this way. And why can't I do it that way? You are your own person. Your baby is their own person. And you guys are just doing your best to work together to make the best outcome. The best outcome for you, not for everybody else, not for anybody else, but for you and your family. And breastfeeding is great. It's really good for you. It's really good for the baby. But it's like with every other piece of advice when you're pregnant or or a parent or adopting or having a surrogate or any other way that you become a parent. There are all these things that we're quote unquote supposed to do. But all of those things piled up is really overwhelming and not really possible. All the time. So it's really important to have an air of flexibility of you to give yourself grace because everything they tell you you're supposed to do is in a perfect situation, is in a scenario that was created in a lab or a study done with scientists looking over it and and making different variables themselves and manipulating different outcomes and things like that. So all of these things that we do and we say that are supposed to be beneficial and healthy and great are those things. 
But life also gets in the way sometimes, and sometimes those things that are so great and wonderful are not always possible. And all we can do is our best. Like I always say that, I know. Blah, 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 Ashley, we already know. You think we should just do our best. But it's really true because it's so hard. Life is hard. Life is messy. Life is not created in a lab. Life is not manipulated by scientists. We live, and every day is different, and every day is new. And if you felt like you didn't do your best the day before, then do your best the next day. If you didn't like something you did yesterday, then do something different tomorrow. You can always change. You can always move forward. And you can always improve upon something you're not happy with. That's your choice. And if you're happy with something, but somebody else has a problem with it, then that's not your problem. That's their problem. If you're comfortable with how you're doing things, if you're comfortable with how you're feeding your child and somebody else has an issue with how you're doing that, that has nothing to do with you. That is not a reflection on you. That's a reflection on that person that has the problem. And as parents, it's really easy to accept other people's problems as our own. And that's because of brain plasticity. So when you have a baby, your brain changes to become more empathetic to other people. So we're more susceptible to feeling judgment and to accepting that judgment and taking it in. But you know what the funny thing is, the more we do it, the more our brain becomes susceptible to it. So if we stop that from the very get-go and really focus on not accepting problems that are not our own and not accepting judgment that does not belong to us, the less likely we are to feel that going forward. So if you're choosing a way of parenting or feeding your child or anything like that that is contrary to to what other people think is the right way or people close to you think is the right way, I should say. Because people you don't know who really cares at all, right? But people who are close to you, if they have an issue with it, and mind you, I'm talking about methods that are safe and healthy for you and baby. I'm not, you know, suggesting you go and do unsafe things and like, who cares what anybody else says? Like, you still gotta be safe. But if you're doing something that's safe, it's just not what they think you should be doing. Have a plan of what you're going to say. If you know that's already going to happen, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. Have a plan of what to say. And it doesn't have to be rude or confrontational. It can be very polite and respectful and kind. And just own the decisions you're making. And don't let them make you feel bad when you know you're doing something that is good and healthy and safe for you and your family. Okay. I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say about breastfeeding. This is a short episode, but sometimes I feel like short episodes are nice. What do you think? Let me know. Instagram at supported underscore season. www.supportedseason.com slash contact. You can let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for joining me on Doola Dang Thing, where we help you doula dang thing. Next week, I'll be joined again with my sister, Natasha, where we just talk about all of this stuff and try to figure it all out together. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you join us next week, Wednesday, every Wednesday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. And we'll see you then. Bye!